Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week. This is episode 122. My name's Gary, one of your hosts, and uh, joining me as always is the other half of Spark of Rebellion, uh, the dude that's normally, I wouldn't say a million miles away, but he's a fair few miles away in the old uh, space-time condom minimum. But we're, qu- we're quite close this week. We're uh, in the same office, which happens quite rarely, so it's kind of cool. So, Mr. Mark... Joining me as always, how you doing, dude? The space condominium. Condominium. <laughs> right. Didn't expect that. Yes. Uh, welcome back. You uh, you were off last week and had that nightmare, didn't you? Technical gremlin. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the people listening, so you listening out there as a Spark Rebellion listener, will not have understood that I recorded that episode twice. And now Gaz is back. We should touch wood, have no faux pas. But we are. Um, we recorded in the same place, sat down comfortably, because last time we recorded in the same place, we were on those stools behind us. So this is like, it's like one of those podcast pictures that you see on like a consultant's website, where you, everyone's just sat around, chilled with a brew. Do you know what I mean? Very true, yeah. It's also the kind of image that you see, if you've ever gone, gone to a website or seen anything about a, a podcast meetup, that kind of thing. Because we're both geeks. Because we're both geeks, yeah. If you've ever seen that kind of thing, it's that. If somebody took a picture right now, it would be very. It would be sold really well on those stock mm. photos. You know, those like. I'd suck in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, suck in. Oh, the old COVID oh. belly. The old COVID belly. <laughs> COVID lockdown belly. Yeah. Oh, I can see it. So we're actually in the uh, work office as well, aren't we? So we can see everyone else out there working. What must they think? Yeah, this is probably like. I wish I could skive. For an hour, yeah. Wish I um, ran a hobby podcast. A hobby <laughs> I put through put through work. Yeah, well, that is a perk of working for a, a, a podcast. Perk of work. What did you do last week then? You had a week off. Full yeah, job? I had a week off, dude. Yeah, let's get back on track. So, um, yeah, I was in uh, sunny Cornwall here in the UK last week, which is nice. And uh, it's one of those weeks where I went completely, well, mostly off grid, which I think is important to do sometimes. So I didn't do any. So. Uh, to preempt your question, I didn't do anything Star Warsy. Didn't do anything. That's what I was say. <laughs> didn't do anything like that. So it was really cool just to um, just to feel what fresh air feels like. Didn't even read any sunshine. books. Sunshine. Uh, I did. Re- I well, I I read two books. Well, a book and a half, but nothing Star Warsy. Dostoevsky. No, Dostoevsky. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about him, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about him earlier. I think we? we mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, don't mention it. What did you read then? <laughs> So I read Steve Jobs's. Oh, Jobsy. Jobsy, yeah. I completely missed that dude when he passed away. It must have been about 10 years ago now. Is roughly. that the Walt Isaacson one? Yes. That's the Walt Isaacson one. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it good? Oh, dude. Um, yeah, this is going off piece again, but uh, there was about half a dozen moments through reading that book where I was like, this is Mark. 
this is bloody Mark. Was it the sexy chapter? No. All right. Yeah. No. You must not have the bonus Kindle edition. And it wasn't the last two <laughs> chapters because that would be more good either. It was more the... um. <laughs> it's more the being a dick. It was more the just being a... Dick. <laughs> Yeah, to put it, yeah, to quote the great man, I think he said, you know, looking back on it, yeah, I was a bit of an arsehole, but we got shit done. What does that mean? So, and I'm not saying you're an arsehole, not at all, not <laughs> at all. I'm out, I'm but out. There were certain sort of things that he did, and I was like, like mentalities around business and running a business, and I was like, this is Mark. This is absolutely like Mark's mindset on a couple of things. So. I feel like I'm equally flattered and could be offended but aren't because i think it's a compliment i think definitely Thanks, don't be offended yeah, yeah. definitely right. so i read that book because i missed it for some reason it's a good well, one it, yeah it's a very was very it good. a kindle or the hard so did you get all the pictures no no this is the kindle they just put a few at the end which is oh, not yeah, great yeah yeah, yeah. yeah a cracking book though um uh, and then uh, i'm kind of going through my annual resurgence of being into ufos and aliens and stuff so I'm reading this book called UFOs by Leslie Keane. Um, and she was like the first author who was like a kind of respectable journalist. And, you know, uh, and she brought the subject into the mainstream about, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, something like that. So, yeah, a bit of UFOs, a bit of Steve Jobs. It's a good combination. That sounds good. Yeah. What about you? Done any more Star Wars reading? Got into your novelizations anymore? <coughs> what did I uh, read? I finished reading, I think since last time we spoke, I finished reading the last, the Cavern Scott book. You oh, know, The High Republic. Republic. Oh, cool. What's it yeah. called? It's not Out of the Shadows. That's the next one that I'm, So, and now I'm like halfway through the next one. Oh, okay. And it's yeah. like, I mentioned it last week on the session. Um, there's like, it feels like the comics are sort of the thing that ties everything together. And then there's these two sort of trains of, of book. You've got like the young adult ones, the Claudia Gray one, this Justina Ireland one, which are, they're, they're, they're certainly like, acknowledging and are certainly tied to the other adult books Light of the Jedi and the, the, the Cavern Scott one what was it Light of the Jedi and whatever what's that other one yeah I can't remember um, but you can start to see that there's certainly like a couple of different avenues of storytelling and I said it last week I've not touched the comics because I'm, I can't read comics weekly I think it, I'm, I really struggle with that um, but it's good man that that Cavern Scott book is, is, is brilliant it is brilliant what's it called go on uh, it's called uh, The Rising Storm. Of course it is. Is that the one? Yep. Yeah. Um, which is a double entendre, of course, because we know that the kind of regiments in the uh, the Nihil are called a storm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. It's actually really good, man. I mean, I would argue that's one of the best Star Wars books I've read. Really? Because um, it's relentless, man. And you're, like, you're, you're looking forward to that Bell Zetifer, Zetifer character coming back mm. and... Like it handles all that really well, so yeah, I think you like it. I saw the, uh, I saw your Goodreads rating five stars. Defo. So I thought, yep, that's a winner. Whenever Mark gives anything less than five stars, then it's yeah, a one. Forget it. It's yeah. a one. Star. One or a five. <laughs> yeah, that's Steve's job. That's Steve Jobs. It, isn't it? Yeah. It, it was like any. It's either excellent or it's crap. Yeah. I, I think that's like a mentality. Not to digress, but it, it's certainly a mentality of like there's it's. It's why I called my original podcasting brand Excellence Expected. It was one is quotes. People aren't used to work in an environment where excellence is expected because it's it really is either as I just said it on our meeting, like it's either excellent stuff or anything just below it. It's not that it's crap, it just it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's the same with anything, content. And I think that's what I think like a lot of Star Wars fans feel like that. I know to bring it back and it's a bit tenuous, but like Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, like if they didn't perceive it as being absolutely out of this world unbelievable, it mm. was shit. 
Yeah, maybe that's a Kathleen Kennedy uh, thing. It's like, we're not going to do that. We're going to do mediocre. Let's do average. And then we're going to repair it afterwards. Favreau, write a story in a book to make this film less average. <laughs> it's interesting. Hey, did you watch the um, the uh, gallery, the Mandalorian gallery yet? No, not yet. Dude, good. good? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's on the agenda then, dude? The agenda this week, so because it's a different setting and stuff, and we've been speaking about it for weeks anyway, is a bit of chat around the old Bad Batch. Now that season one has been and gone, and the dust has settled a little bit, it's probably a good time to have a chat about that, because um, we've got some... We're probably going to be back to our usual stuff from next week, but it's probably a good chance to, to dive into that stuff. So, dude, as a start for 10, then, now that we've probably wiped away the, is it going to be mediocre? Probably not. Is it great or is it not? But uh, just your initial thoughts then uh, for the series as a whole. Did it grab your Star Warsy attention? Do you know what that? It's the it's the series as a whole question that's the problem. Oh really? Because the beginning I thought was excellent. The end I thought was excellent. The beginning I thought just didn't need to be. Uh, sorry, the middle. Yeah, the middle. I just didn't think need to be there. Oh. And it was so it was so up and down for me. It was like. Um, for me there was a lot of filler in there which we'll get to in a second but if I was to kind of overall rate it I'd be like yep yeah, 6, 7 out of 10 but first couple of episodes last 3 or 4 episodes maybe last 3 like 8, 9 hmm. you? yeah I kind of agree with that mate yeah I think um, I, was, I was really bought into it after the first couple of episodes even before before that, I was like, mm, I'm not sure if this is going to be any good. Is it, is it just going to be, excuse the pun, is it going to be a clone of the Clone Wars in terms of... Because the Clone Wars was like that in some seasons. Mm. It was a little bit... Some of them were a bit filler, and some of them were a bit up and down. But after the first couple of episodes, I thought, yeah, they've. this is actually a very cool um the direction to take it and if they've not gone mainstream and done anything with luke or any of the skywalker stuff it's been like this little sort of offshoot if you like which is a bit of a risk because if the audience doesn't take to that and if you don't get into it very early on it's a it's a non-starter so uh, the way that they crafted the personalities for each of the bad batch because we've seen them before in the clone wars but the way they they explored that a bit more and progressed it and stuff i was hooked after the first couple but then to agree with you in the in the middle part of it, it did it did kind of lose i wouldn't say it lose momentum but it just after you'd finished watching a few of them you're like yeah that was okay i hope next week's better it was that kind of feeling it became a bit gears of war fetch and carry yeah exactly yeah and then at the end it kind of ramped up a little bit more as you you expected that anyway because the finale is normally for anything is normally going to be a bit of an event so i think yeah i agree with you dude it was it was like the the classic v shape on an equalizer back in the 90s mid scoop slap the bass scoop that mid bitches there you go what um what do you think and this is like a weird it's not a weird question because like we're both 80s but what do you think of like the basic classic character breakdowns of okay you've got four or five characters we are going to take all of the classic cliches and just wrap them up. So you've got the bruiser in Wrecker. You've got clearly Rambo in Hunter. You've got the tech, the watchtower person. And then, you, you know, you, then you've got the kind of the specialist sort of android. And then the, the more subdued anti-hero, you know, <laughs> when it comes to Crosshair. Like, that was straight out of just an 80s playbook, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 
defo. It was like, but the thing is though, sometimes the old stuff, the old way of thinking works with that. And it's, it's why it's stuck for so long. Exactly, yeah. It's like it goes back to, you know, not to be too poetic about it, but it goes back to that whole George Lucas thing when he was coming up with the concept of Star Wars. It was like the old mythology you know, the old stories and stuff that have been around for centuries. There's a reason why they're so popular and they stand the test of time is because it just nails that initial concept. So when you, when you stick to that formula, it can, it just, I don't know, it just seems, it just, it just fits because you've got those different personalities and it's like almost revisiting an old show like the A-Team or something where you've got the different people with the right skills and stuff. It just fits nicely into that pocket. And then that frees your brain up to enjoy the rest of it. You're not having to think too hard about, well, what's he doing? What's that person doing and stuff? So, yeah, man, it was um, the character stuff. Once, once you've set it up in the Clone Wars and you've, you saw them for a couple of episodes, that was it, don't have to touch it. Now you can just concentrate on the good storytelling, yeah. which was like probably the thing that's, that's going to sell it anyway. But if they then tried to tweak the characters and tried to do it, the only thing they messed with really was Crosshair, I suppose when they did the whole twist at the end, you know, with the thing like, it's your prohibit your, um, is it prohibitor chip? Inhibitor, Inhibitor chip, yeah. Um, and then he revealed at the end, well, I had that taken out. That was wicked. So that's probably the only thing that they messed with a little bit in terms of character stuff. But the rest of it, man, the other characters, even though um, Hunter looks just like Stallone, how did they get away with that? Yeah, it's definitely like... Um like exactly like yeah, it. he does doesn't he and it, it, it's I mean there's not yeah you're right it does I don't know how they got away with it it really is like Rambo 2 yeah. or Rambo 3 in it I'm coming for you alright <laughs> you know what I mean when he's, got, he's when he's after John Kreese in uh, Rambo 2 or Rambo 3 when he squeezes the microphone in Vietnam I'm coming for you oh yeah and you're like, oh, Hunter's coming for me Rambo with his two. face tattoo sure classic mate yeah. I was an extra in Rambo 3 actually as it, as, it, as, it, as it happens, guy from Russian. No, no, an uh, English guy just lives up the road. He's called Mark. Was he playing a Russian though? No, no, he no? was playing a. He might have been playing a Russian actually. What's the difference? He was on a horse anyway. What's the difference? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> elves are mythical creatures. <laughs> what's, what's an elf? Yeah, it's a goblin. <laughs> How long are you going to be, mate? <laughs> um, I never thought about it in that context, you know, of, of why they went with those character tropes. But mm. I think you're right that you didn't have to think about motivations or like we talked about um, like Alphabet Squadron a few weeks ago. And we sort of always mention it that that when you're introducing a new range of things to anything, you, you you can easily get bogged down. It was a little bit like that with Light of the Jedi, where you got bogged down with all these different characters. And I never thought about it like that, dude. I think you've nailed it. Like by introducing these as just these classic character tropes, there was no thinking required. You could concentrate on the other stuff. That's really actually a good perspective I never considered that have them sometimes well I do have these little moments mm. every now and then good well sometimes that's good what uh, what about the art style that was something that stuck out to me from from like the get go like versus the Clone Wars you know the, some of the textures and um, everything from like how the ships look and you know that level of quality that you see in some of the space scenes ver- and right down to like I said textures on the uniforms and the armour and stuff like that what did you make mm. of that yeah you can tell they've they've thrown a wee bit more money at that stuff because one of the things I did notice actually just not to get too geeky on it but the depth of field effect yeah I spotted that dude and it yeah. kept switching you know like yep. you'd see it in a conversation mm-hmm. the depth of field was switching between the characters which to notice that in animation 
means they've put some effort into it. Precisely, yeah. yeah. yeah, I get yeah. That. You can tell that, and that's an expensive, that's an expensive thing to do in the render phase. You know, that's a lot of computing stuff to do. You can tell they've thrown a bit of money into it, but it it just looked really clean. Like even though the Clone Wars looked great, especially towards the end of its run, those last two or three seasons, you can tell that the tech had moved on just a wee bit from the years previously, and they've. I'm not sure if the budget increased or not, but you can just tell that um, they really found their feet with, um, I guess, like the Pixar films. As you you've done a few of those, they found their feet with it. But yeah, from a from a production technical point of view, it just looked beautiful. Like some of the, and they also just kind of flirted with the idea of, as well of of doing that um, sort of old school painterly style of. Uh, of approach with some scenes like you know with rebels where as we ran up to rebels coming out there was this interview with feloni and he said that um one of the things they did from an artistic point of view is they took a load of ralph mccrory's work all of like clouds and light box um textures and stuff turned them into brushes digital brushes and that's how they use some of those um that approach to use to make some of those scenes you can tell that they've just flirted with some of those things there were some exposition shots where it was just the screen was just full of clouds and sky and you saw a tiny little ship as perspective and the whole thing just looked like a piece of artwork so you can tell that they've got that technology side of it down and then they just really went to town with the art style so from that perspective dude it was gorgeous imagine if you got that on like a 4k blu-ray on a decent setup it would look gorgeous yeah. I spotted that on the um, some of the la- not necessarily the landscape stuff, stuff as such, but for want of a better word, the landscape stuff in particular, like when you might have seen a um, a destroyer or a Venator class ship, you know, as they were transitioning to the Empire. When you saw that, it was it was almost Phantom Menace level, you know, because of of that was like movie quality CGI twenty years ago, and this is TV show Disney Plus budget animation. 20 years later like the, the the differences were just so minuscule you know it was only it was only even some of the bits of the lighting and some of the material textures on some of the ships and stuff where you're, oh yeah that's definitely animation but some like the planet renders some of the planet scapes that they did it was really high class stuff and then they threw these kind of clearly painted armor kind of uh, shots and the textures onto that and it I thought it looked badass man I thought it looked so good yeah, it did, and you can you can see um, that they had a little bit more. I don't know if it was well. I assume in the world of animation and making movies and stuff that time is always against you, but you can just tell that they had a bit more uh, breathing room for the artist just to uh, go to town a little bit more on that stuff. I imagine with the Clone Wars, it was more of a heavy production schedule. It was like, look, we need to, you know, bang these out. They were like twenty episode seasons. Yeah. Some of them, well, most of them, weren't they? Yeah, Apart exactly. The yeah. last, well, seasons, yeah, six and seven. They they were the only shorter ones, weren't they? I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can tell that because this was a slightly shorter show, and it was a, I'm not sure if it was commissioned for another season from the get go, but for certainly at the first season, it was like, okay, we need to wow everybody not even if they're into that geeky side of stuff even if they're not bothered about depth of field and stuff like that you know let's give them the best sort of cinematic experience we can in a fairly low low budget kind you know compared to making a star wars film you know in terms of that in terms of budget let's give them the best cinematic experience so and pe- people will recognize that but not even if you're not geeky you'll recognize that there's something about this that makes you stand out 
you know you won't necessarily know what that is but you when it's when when someone tells you oh actually if you look for these three things like I said depth of field or the you know whatever the the, the Ralph McQuarrie style digital brushes if you if you tell someone like my mum who doesn't really care all she'd know is man that looks good I don't know why but if you if you pointed it out they would suddenly start to get it but even to the person that's not interested it's it feels like it's upper level yeah it does yeah and I've seen that on various um various tweets and people on reddit and stuff who have not necessarily been a fan of the episode itself but they follow it up with but it looked gorgeous so 10 out of 10 for i'm not sure how how uh, hands-on feloni was with that stuff like he was with the clone wars because his his uh he's been pulled in different directions now with disney plus and stuff but uh hands off to him if he was involved as before and the animators and stuff it just looks like chef's kiss all over. So what about the story? In fact, let's, I want to break this down into a couple of bits. Like the overall story arc of the Bad Batch themselves, and then Omega, you know, and that whole, that whole scenario. And then sort of the narrative of the Star Wars galaxy. Because that's a really pivotal time. And there's some stuff covered in this that we didn't expect to see covered that was fascinating. And we sort of didn't know we needed it. But when we saw it, well, of course we needed to see that. You know, so... First of all, like the Bad Batch themselves, you know, their story arc, um, the whole crosshair thing, Omega, the Boba Fett connection, the unaltered clone thing. Like, What did you make of that entire sort of arc for them? That that, that, that journey from, oh, that, I suppose it's that questioning, isn't it? What is right? You know, what's right in this in this context? Um, what did you make of all that? How, how was that for you? Um, well, it was... It was um it was some of it was unexpected like you said we weren't expecting to see some of that stuff and i'm talking more about the the connectivity with the with the 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 mainstream stuff that we'd seen from the films and stuff mainly around tarkin and so for me the 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 two things that um outside of the bad batch themselves in terms of connectivity which i didn't expect to see was tarkin turn up and be so because we we never really knew about where that turning point was on screen anyway about the clones disappearing and um uh humans as becoming stormtroopers you know that sort of turning point where they got rid of them um so that was i think that's been explored in books and a few comics and stuff but to see it was very cool and then the other thing was um just um how deeply embedded we were in the, the whole order 66 thing that seemed to pop up quite a lot throughout the series where um it was like that that push and pull where the bad batch had kind of woken up to the whole situation as like actually not everything that the empire and by extension the emperor says is is the right thing you know um because of the inhibitor chip and stuff like that that kind of got around it from a technical point of view but just their own personal feelings on it so so those two things really helped to push their characters forward from start to finish because if it was just a case of these guys are following orders but they're a bit cheeky now and then and they go off piece and then they come back it would have been a bit of a just a wasted opportunity so to see them properly go on the lamb you know and, and outrun um you know various people like you know assassins and the empire themselves and stuff for me that was the best bit of it is to really have them disconnect from the other clones mm-hmm. go on the run and just try and you know i guess be like the a-team but begrudgingly in a way if yeah. that makes sense so for me yeah that was cool what about you did 
I thought it was yeah I agree I thought it was interesting like seeing some of the connective characters even like the Cad Bane's of the world and the the, the, the Fennec Shand those little bits of connectivity that have just got Dave Filoni written all over them you know mm. you, you can see that there's some I don't know whether it's on purpose or whether it whether even, even this is a thing but like it's almost like they may have learnt a little bit from the Rise of Skywalker you know maybe they have learnt that a connectivity is fine and you know there's potentially less I don't think, maybe they're in less at risk with an animated show like this, because Disney Plus is arguably more lucrative than one Star Wars movie, you know. Mm. So it's it was it was good to see Filoni dotted in, and like you said, bring Tarkin in, um, bring people like Cad Bane in, and and and, and Fennec Shand, and, and explore. I think what it means to be like a clone when clones don't have the presence in in the galaxy anymore. Like we saw Rex crop up, and he was on the back foot. He was essentially like Ahsoka is. He was very much like the rebellion turned out to be in Rebels and beyond. You know, he was operating under the radar a little bit. He had to be really careful what he did and what he said and who he said it to. And then these little safe agents, little safe havens that they found themselves in. Um, you know, that has got shades of, like, The Force Awakens. You end up at Maskinata's place, and it's a safe space, but it's the place where everyone goes to do this type of thing. So it was like it was nice to see that kind of side of it. And like you said, that development of... Um, especially with that twist at the end with Crosshair, you know, that, that actually the inhibitor chip's gone. The, the personality of the clones becoming more specific to themselves. Like, Crosshair made that choice... Not because of the chip, but because of his personality. And so did the Bad Batch. They made their choices. Um, and I, I, it was really fascinating to see... Because you've sort of seen this. It was fascinating to see it because you've seen it in other books like Lost Stars, where you've got one person that's on one side of the rebellion and the other that's on the side of the Empire. And the propaganda from either side is 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 all a matter of perspective. You know, we saw this, and we'll get to it in a set, but like this galactic empire promising jobs for people and you know of course people are going to want that and they're going to become stormtroopers but to, I think to remove like this clone element and make these clones like people in, that have got their own train of thought they've got their own there, there is no orders anymore there are no orders there's, there's no chip you know there's no mission there's no war to fight it was interesting to see how they all kind of deviate and then Rex did the same thing and, you know, whoever else. So, yeah, I agree. I think that personality aspect of it where they let them become these different types of people, I thought that was quite interesting. And it played alongside that development of the Empire as well because, like you said, you know, the, the more that the season progressed, they were like, wait a minute, okay, what are the codes? I forget the codes, the, you know, the the, the, the digital codes that were in the, in the Mandalorian, you know, the access codes that you need. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like to see that evolution of that, and then be like, "Oh, okay, okay, what's this? We don't have them anymore. We, you know, we were the clone army up until two weeks ago. We would have had this top level stuff clearance. Now we don't. We're on the outs the outside. So yeah, I agree, man. It was good. And seeing that running in parallel to what the Empire was doing, and how quick the Empire was changing things, that was fascinating to see that speed of it. Yeah, because they went from... Because everybody was surprised. You know, when they... I, f I forgot what episode it was, but they went to... Um, uh, they were on this um, this station and they were confused. They were like, well, they don't look like any clones that I've seen before. Do you remember that one? And somebody said... I think it was Omega. She's like, they're not, they're not clones, you know. And they were confused. You could see, like, well, where have they come from? Like you said, like two weeks ago or whatever. It was all like the clone show. And now they're being phased out, and that also that plays in really nicely to the um, 
Keeman Owens. Keeman Owens? Camino? Keeman Owens? Camino Owens? Camino Owens? Camino the people from Camino. Owens, yeah. They they knew what was coming. They could see it. Because even though that first meeting with Tarkin where he's like, the Empire's struggling to justify paying for the clones. When there's such a propaganda set up going on about we'll give you jobs and we'll give you three square meals if you join our army. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that parallels like life now. You know what I mean? You're right. So carry on. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's that kind of quick turnaround as well. Like you were saying. Yeah, it's, the speed of it. Yeah, the, the Emperor's like, well, I don't like that idea anymore. Mm. Like, let's just, yeah, two, two weeks sprint. Yeah, two weeks sprint, get done. <laughs> we're, we're back to, uh, sorry, we're, we're over to the, to like, um, stormtroopers with their own mind, their own, like you said, feelings and mindsets mm. and stuff like that. No chips involved. Yeah. It was interesting. And, and, and I mean, the speed of it is is one thing, and, and and it was very interesting how they did it. Introduced certain checkpoints, and it all felt very um, World War Two, you know, very very early stage stuff where it's like, okay, new regime, new rules, you know, these diff- these checkpoints, these these places where we're taking people, um, and that obviously that's that's not by accident. Um, that's that's clearly on purpose. Um, so I love that kind of rise of the empire and how they very quickly became that dictatorship and, you know, the, the, the moths were, were brought in and governorships were brought in and it was, you know, we, we've assigned governors to these, these places and it was how it was all just, a, it wasn't even a meritocracy, it was just that pure dictatorship. Um, on the flip side of that, on the other side of that story, so that's sort of the beginning of the empire story, what, like the end of the Clone Wars, dude, like, that was some deep stuff. Like, there are two things that I think we should probably think about talking about, like, is, that destruction of Camino. I had never clocked that that needed to happen. But of course it fucking needed to happen. Of course it needed to happen. There's absolutely no doubt that that needed to happen. And I didn't expect to see that. And then the second thing was the old location from Legends pulled out, I forget the name of it, right at the end, that little tease where we saw um, the Camino and logo, the cloning logo from the Mandalorian on the arm of the cloner. And so the Camino and Tech have been uh, Tech have been taken from Camino, you know, Townway, the the Camino and cloning whatever master had been taken to this place, and that it ties to the Mandalorian and everything else. Like those are two things that I didn't expect: that destruction of Camino, and such a distinctly direct tie to Grogu and the Mando. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Camino thing. I guess people just thought it would be a, it, the Empire would have just left it alone. Yeah, they just carry on cloning other stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it would just be some derelict station somewhere, you know, yeah. used you know for a future Star Wars story somewhere. But yeah, to to just blow the shit out of it, and that was that was quite an emotional bit as well. It was huge, man, emotional and visually yeah. outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was it wasn't just like let's shoot a few windows out. This was like we're gonna sink the entire the entire thing and it was um and you can tell that even though as clones they were a bit like disconnected at that point from the whole clone thing anyway they're off doing their own thing when they saw around them their their home i suppose for a long time you could see that it was animated really well they put forward that emotion it was like yeah and then the whole the, the whole cloning thing and how it tied into that character in the mandalorian that's that guy's name he's a little guy 
Um, Forget his name. You know the scientist dude who's in the first couple Him of episodes. Him that was sort of trying to save Grogu but get his blood as well. Yes. That guy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar uniforms to what yeah. this character was wearing at and the end. They clocked the logo from day one, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. On, yeah, yeah. on Reddit and such. That is clever stuff, man. Because without that stuff, you're just continuously inventing stuff for series two. With this, you've got a little bit of an anchor yeah. to keep it. Con- like you love the whole. Oh, interconnectivity stuff I love it, yeah. so yeah that's right up your street yeah and and also like the fact that you know are they gonna because there's all this talk about what's gonna happen with the Mandalorian are we gonna see more Luke and more Grogu we're clearly gonna see Ahsoka um, more of that how closely will it be tied will Grogu show up you know someone saved him the the the, the, the client in the Mandalorian season one was clearly after him for much longer than than, than we saw um so there's so much more, and then to bring the mountain, I forget the mountain's name, but the mountain from Legends that had a cloning facility there, that Thrawn was heavily involved in, in Heir to the Empire, it was very interesting that they've, because they've done it a few times now, like chosen to bring areas in, they did it with the Mandalorian, with the Mount, again, Mount Tantis or whatever it was. Whatever it was, it was yeah. They've yeah. done it a few times now where they've pulled these things from Legends that pretty much do the same job that they did in Legends, Dark Troopers, you know, they've done it. A, n- a number of times Thrawn is the best example and it's interesting that Filoni is all over this like it's all feels now connected yeah it's weird and isn't it's, it and but it's, awesome yeah it's awesome and it's it's almost like a bittersweet kind of thing because you think if they'd have just drafted Filoni in in it years before this in it. we could have had a much arguably depending on your point of view a much better sequel trilogy well how you much know? better would it have been just to have some connectivity exactly you know yeah and because i don't believe for a second the mandalorian storyline wasn't at least conceived pr- at least pre-rise of skywalker no and and if not way before that i mean we saw mandalorian before rise of skywalker anyway but before last jedi you know 2016 2017 time it was mm-hmm. there surely um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Is it is it turning a corner with this connectivity and this planning? Do you think, or is it just does it or does it more feel like there's two now two divisions of Star Wars movies, TV shows? It does feel like this too. Yeah, it definitely does. It feels like the more that they do with the whole Disney Plus thing, the more they're figuring out how the how best to tell these stories, mm-hmm. and you just can't do that with a film. You know, once you've got your film done unless you cancel it and film it again, which you're never going to do, it's too expensive. You have to ship it, and that's it, it's out there. You yeah. can't do any, unless you're, you know, you pull a George Lucas and start changing stuff. Pull a Doomcock. Pull a Doomcock. Reboot yeah. the timeline. Exactly, yeah. So uh, let's wrap this up, dude. Let's put a score, if we can, and on the Bad Batch as a whole. Okay. Out of five, let's do the whole five-star thing for you then. Again, overall... And it, it does come with a mid scoop, the peaks and the troughs. But overall, I'm going to go three and a half out of five. Three, okay, cool. I'm going to go with a four. Oh, strong four. A strong four, yeah. Yeah, because I really did enjoy it. There were a couple of duds, and it did dip a little bit in the middle. But overall, um, just the character, um, the the voice acting, the way it was animated. And I, I just felt like it had a bit more emotion um, which was unexpected. I felt like it was going to be just the A team week after week, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. a bit superficial. But it actually ended up being really yeah. quite deep. So. There wasn't any. Oh, there wasn't many freak of the week sort of episodes like Smallville and the A team, where it's like mm. one problem, one week, go and solve it. I, I do feel it was weighted more towards development, which I think is a nice change for this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Well, that's good. We'll see what comes in season two then. I've got a lot of hope for this one because of that connectivity, because of Mando, Book of Boba Fett, um, whatever else might come with Ahsoka and Thrawn. I think the Bad Batch is squarely in the mix for it, dude. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And what started off as a bit of a, hmm, not sure about this one, has actually ended up being a bit of a, an anchor now for some of this other stuff moving forward. So good times, man. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, good to be back, man. I'm glad we're uh, back together and in the same room. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a seldom thing to be in this because we live at you know different parts of the country, different different worlds, isn't it? Yeah, different frogs, out of out rim, out the, out the rear. <laughs> So that has been Spark of Rebellion for episode 122. 122. 122. Thank you very much for joining us as always. It's been great to have you here. Remember to follow us on whatever podcast app you prefer to listen to your podcasts on. Uh, give us a follow. You won't miss a show when it lands every single Saturday. We're on the socials too. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Twitter and forward slash Instagram. That will get you over there so you can chat Star Wars with us throughout the week. And if you like the show and you want to support us and you want to muck in with the other patrons that we've got, and thank you very much, guys, for your continued support, you can do that over on Patreon, which is sparkrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. Come and jump on from a dollar onwards. Get yourself some SOR stickers and some swag. And uh, we'd love your support. And thank you again to our current supporters. Uh, it's been a good one, dude. Always a pleasure. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll be back to the news next week. A lot going on. Back to the news indeed, yeah. So until then, take care of yourself. Stay safe and healthy, and may the force be with you always.